This morning's scripture comes to us from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, if you'll be reading along with me in your Bible, please turn to chapter 23. It'll also be on the screens behind me. We're going to be reading in Luke 23, starting in verse 13. We'll read a section of 23, and then we'll turn over to 24. Receive now the word of God. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who is inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him, neither is Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. But the whole crowd shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he spoke to them, Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. Now from chapter 24, starting in verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we come before you thankful for your holy word and for the gift of the wisdom contained therein. Lord, we ask that you would... uh, be present with us as we uh, together uh, reflect on your word and uh, its meaning for us this day. We ask, oh God, that you would open our eyes, that we would see our ears, that we would hear. Open our minds, we come to know and understand your word and indeed your ultimate will. Open our hearts, so we would feel its power. Then by your grace, we ask, oh God, that you would open our hands, that we would offer grace to the world. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a beautiful morning. 
What an exciting morning. Uh, Covenant was launched in ministry in January of 2012. Uh, And so this uh, has been uh, seven years, three months, and three weeks, but who is counting in its coming? Uh, and, and it'd be easy for me to, to gather here and uh, in this first sermon spend uh, inordinate amount of time reflecting on, uh, on, on all of the servants that, uh, that, that have uh, come together over the course of the, these years to make this day possible, to look uh, to the building committee and uh, all of the, the countless hours and uh, generous service that they offered in uh, monitoring the, the project, uh, designing the facility, and all that went into it. Uh, it would be easy for me to look at the ministry development team and the servants there that, that joined together in a vision for what God would have in store for us in this season of open. It would be easy for me to look to, uh, to the servants and offer thanks and praise for all of those that were a part of the Connect More Capital campaign that helped to resource and fund this facility, or even to the staff and think about uh, the incredible gift of love and service and the, in, the, the, the vast capacity that the staff here at Covenant has and uh, has poured out in uh, rich blessing over this season. But you know, all of that would, would, would just be uh, somewhat of a waste because I know those folks, I know each and every one of them, and they would all say the same exact thing. They would all, they would all come back, and if, and if I named them uh, by name, they would say, praise God, to God be the glory. It's not about me, it's all about Jesus. I know them, that's, all, that's everyone, to a person, man and woman alike, every one of them would say, praise God, to God be the glory. It's not about me, it's all about Jesus. And so I am standing here today because I know that uh, as those folks would echo that one by one by one, uh, they, they do it for a reason. And we might ask, that, that, that's countercultural, that's not normal. We like when we receive praise, we like when we receive honor, and so, so pour it on, give it to me, give it to me. This, this, is, this is why I do it. I do it so that I can get recognition. I do it so that I can get promotion. I do it so that I can get praise. I do it so that I can get acknowledgement. So why would these folks, these servants, have this countercultural response and it's because of what Zach read in God's word this morning you see early early on the morning of the third day early on the morning of the third day because the day before was Sabbath and because the women had run out of time to prepare Jesus's body uh on the, the Good Friday in which Jesus was crucified and died because they had done part of the preparation but not all of the preparation but because he had been laid in the tomb and the stone had been rolled in the way but the, the body had not been fully prepared. So early on the third morning, early on the day after the Sabbath, the women came to the tomb. And as the women came to the tomb, they were struck even from a far off Distance because they could see it off in the distance that something had changed from when they saw the tomb on Good Friday. The stone had been rolled away. 
Now, now we might not think that this was a huge deal, but I, I, I'll tell you, in Israel, when you look at the tombs from 2,000 years ago, some of which we think could possibly be Jesus' tomb, but all of which were from that period we know archaeologically, uh, you see the stone, and the stones are, are five and six feet tall. These stones are wide and are large. They're incredibly heavy. And so whenever you look at a far off distance and you see that the stone had been rolled away, you wonder, how did this happen? Who did this? How can it be? And we read the scripture and we know that the women must have been pondering that as they looked at it. In fact, they might have even been studying it. Looking at it, wondering, what is going on with this tomb and this stone? And they looked in, and Jesus was nowhere to be found. So at first thought, at first glance, they, they might have thought someone has stolen Jesus. Uh, the, 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 there might have been uh, some, sort of, uh, some sort of conspiracy by the, the chief priests uh, or, or some of the Roman guard, uh, what, what is happening. But, but just in case it was that stage of curiosity where they didn't yet know, the Lord provided two witnesses, two uh, angels of the Lord in dazzling white, and they, and they came before the women. And in that space as they came before the women, uh, they witnessed exactly what had happened. They, they shared that this was, this was not uh, the Romans. This was not the, the Jewish leaders. This was, in fact, Jesus his work that had been done. No one rolled the stone away except for Jesus. No one was able to open that tomb except for Jesus. In, in Matthew, it actually says that, that, when, that when Jesus rolled the stone away, it was like an earthquake shook. And as the earth shook, Jesus had the stone moved. Jesus opened his own tomb. You see, as, as we opened these doors this morning for worship, as, as, as uh, the saints gathered to prepare this morning and the doors were opened, literally opened by someone, they were opened not because someone turned a key, not because of what work had gone forth over the last week, which was uh, incredible, not because of the work that had gone on uh, in these last years as this building was constructed, not because of the work that had gone on over the seven plus years of ministry of covenant. Th these doors opened because Jesus shook them open. Because there was no way, no how that these doors would open were it not for Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that not only shook his tomb open, but he is day by day shaking the tombs of our own lives open as well. And so that witness moves and shakes in our lives and guides us into action for his namesake there are three responses three responses to the tomb being opened in this gospel witness this morning the, the first is uh, the witness of the women the women were the ones that got it they're a little bit quicker than us often 
times. The women were the ones that got it. They received this message from the angels, and they came to believe, and they actually went and told the disciples, and they told the disciples, those ones that had been following along with Jesus for three years of ministry, the ones that had seen all of the healings, all of the miracles, all the things that were going on in the life and ministry of Jesus, they bore witness to that, but when the, when the women bore witness to, to the fact that Jesus had rolled the stone away, that Jesus had been raised from the dead, they didn't believe they rejected the women's testimony men we could do better the third the third witness that we have is the witness of peter the only one of the disciples who was just curious enough to leave the other disciples and go see for himself but the word of God is clear. It's, it's clear that his was not acceptance, was not rejection, but it was curiosity. He was perplexed at what had taken place. That, that, that seems to make sense for us, and I think that those are the three places that we find ourselves in so often acceptance, rejection, or curiosity. Sometimes we need others to lead us so that we might get it. In May of 2010, my wife Lauren and I, we, we had been serving in ministry uh, in Bryan College Station for just over four years uh, and we were the, uh, the second, pa- I was the second pastor of a church plant there. And being a second pastor of a church plant is interesting because you, 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 don't, you don't start it, so it's not quite uh, how you would envision it. And you're like working on it over the course of time, trying to see how it jives with you and the vision that God gives you, but the vision already had been given to someone else. And so it's, it's, a, it's an interesting sort of a deal. And so uh, all through the spring of 2010, I had this wrestling, this 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 struggle in my soul because I felt that the Lord God was calling me to plant again. But planting a church is hard, particularly on the family of the pastor that's planting it. And so I saw all that, that Lauren and uh, at that point in time, my two kids, Addie and Aiden, had been going through as we were planting and, 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 and the struggle that it was to build a ministry and to be the second pastor and to plant the church. And, and we built, a, built a, a building and built a community of faith. And, and I was struggling because I felt God was calling me to plant again. But I said nothing. I would have fallen in Peter's category. I was curious, but suppressed, absolutely suppressed that curiosity. I say it was out of protection for them, but maybe actually it was out of protection for myself. If I'm quite honest, maybe I just didn't have the courage to believe that God was calling again. But in May of 2010, uh, we were, uh, Lauren and I were driving in the car. Uh, we were on the way to Houston from College Station. I'll never forget it. She looks at me and she says, I think God is calling us to plant a church. I said, huh? 
you know, you know, it, it was one thing for me to have the stirring and, and to, to reject it, suppress it, and be curious about it, but it's a whole nother thing for her to come to me and say, I think the Lord God is calling us. I've been listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm discerning the Holy Spirit, and I have conviction that we are called to plant a church. And so, and so I, I said, okay. All right, let's go. Let's do this. And so I went from zero to sixty like that. I was I I I went from uh, from curiosity. Uh, I went from rejection and suppression all the way to bought in, sold out. Yes, God is calling us to do this thing. You see, most often I find women get it first. I also find that it requires the movement of the Spirit amongst the people of God to help guide us into those spaces of belief. And I believe that's incredibly important today because because I know that each and every one of you come from very different places, as different as each individual that's here. Some of you are hurt, some of you are broken, some of you are in pain, some of you have been hurt by the church, and I pray God's forgiveness over that. Uh, I, I, I know that some of you uh, think to yourself, I have shame, I have guilt. You don't know, you would say to me, you don't know what I have brought in with me this morning. Because what, what, what I have it's beyond Jesus. What I have, it, 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 it means that it has to be rejected because there is no story that's ever been told, no story in, in, in this scripture that's powerful enough to move me because you don't know me. And if you did, you would wonder why I'm even here. Brothers and sisters, the reason why we read the first of the two stories is so that we could understand how deeply impactful, how powerful it is that Jesus took the cross. You know, there is no Easter without Good Friday. There is no Easter without Good Friday. There's no resurrection from the dead without Jesus dying without Jesus uh, being crucified, without him dying on the cross, without him being taken down and put, laid in a tomb. And, and we have to remember that that tomb, that wasn't meant for Jesus. That death, that wasn't meant for Jesus. That crucifixion, it wasn't Jesus's. It was, it was Barabbas's. It was Barabbas's death. And so, so here comes Pilate, and he gathers all the people out, and he's looking for a way, an excuse, a means by which that he could guide the people to release Jesus because he finds no fault in him and, 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 and put Barabbas there on the cross instead. And so, and so he comes before the people and says, people, make the right choice. Make the righteous choice. Make the holy choice. We have two people. We have one that deserves death. We have one that doesn't deserve death. We have one that's a murderer. We have one that's a healer. We have these choices here, and it's obvious. People, won't you choose to release Jesus? And the people cry out, crucify Jesus. Give us Barabbas. Barabbas, leader of insurrection, rebel, murderer give us that because we know that 
And each and every one of us can put ourselves in Barabbas' place and say, that was my cross. That was my tomb. That is my shame. That is my guilt. That is my darkness. That is the stone that's to roll away. And the end of the story is to be there for me because that is what I deserve. But that is not the end of the story. It's not the story at all because it's not about what I deserve, but it's about what Jesus has done so that what I deserve I could be freed from. So that the the nails that are supposed to go in my hands will be taken out and be put in his hands so that as he dies on the cross my death dies with him so that as he's laid in the tomb i don't have a tomb that could hold me because i have resurrection with jesus that is what we gather here today for that is why all of this has been done because we want each and every one of you to hear that in jesus there is grace for you If there was grace for Barabbas, if there is grace for me, if there is grace for the servants of the Lord that call forth and say, Lord, to your glory and honor and praise has all of this been done, that there is grace for you. I do not know the details of of your story. But I know that it ends in resurrection if you call on the name of the Lord. And so I invite each and every one to call on his holy and powerful name this day and celebrate the life that we have In Jesus. Would you pray with me? God, we are so profoundly thankful that you have led us, that you have guided us step by step all along the way, and that we are not our own, but we are yours. That all that you have done in Jesus was with us in mind that you that you know that that we have sinned and that we have fallen short of your glory but even in our sins you died for us and because of our sins you rose for us so that we might rise with you in life eternal lord we praise you for this easter morning We praise you for what you've done in this space, in this time. We praise you because it's all for your glory and honor. Lord, as we continue in worship and we enter into this time of holy offering, Lord, where we offer a portion of what you, Lord God Almighty, have given to us, uh, to the kingdom-building work of your church, uh, to the community-building work of your church lord we ask that you would bless this time that you would bless both the gift and the giver alike that all that is given that all that is offered would be to your glory honor and praise we ask that you would meet with us now in this time of offering for it's in jesus name we pray